Today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, he helps parents with their children. Your kids are watching you. They're looking to see, okay, mom, dad, you're telling me that I need to be honest. I'm watching to see if you're honest. You're telling me I need to be a person of integrity who doesn't cheat. I'm watching to see if you cheat. Do you cheat on your income taxes? Do you cheat here? Do you cheat there? Because you want me to be honest in school and not be a cheater. And so they're watching you. And as the poem so aptly says, no written word, no spoken plea can teach our children what they should be, nor all the books on all the shelves. It's what the parents are themselves. And your kids look to see, what are my parents doing? Parenting is hard. It isn't for sissies or for cowards, and it takes a lot of energy. And if you're a parent, this is not breaking news. Today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, he's going to continue his series, The Divine Design, God's Plan for Marriage and Family. And he's got a lesson called Parents and Children. Now, if you're a new parent and wondering how you can raise a child, the instructions are in God's Word. And we'll share the key principles for raising kids so they can then fulfill their purpose on this earth and for eternity, based on your guidance and example. Now, we're going to be airing part two of this lesson today. You can listen to part one or any of the other six messages we've already aired from this series when you go online to fromhisheart.org. Look for the series, The Divine Design. Now, open your Bible to the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians. Here again is Pastor Jeff to explore the best path for parents and children. What is God's plan to enable parents and children to thrive at home, to thrive in this thing called family? I've entitled the message, Parents and Children, very simple title, but we're going to follow the Bible's uh, layout in this relationship because the first three verses of Ephesians 6 are to the children. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. So two points for today. The first point is this. The children have a big command to fulfill. And the job description for the children is very, very clear. Honor your father and mother. The word honor means to value, to esteem, to uh, revere. And we are to do that. It's the first commandment, Paul says, with a promise. And what is the promise? The promise is found in Exodus 20 and in Deuteronomy 5, where the Ten Commandments are repeated in Deuteronomy 5, that it may be well with you and that you live long on the earth. Your life would be prolonged. If you don't honor your father and mother, it's not going to go well, and your life is not going to be prolonged. That's what the Scripture says. So first of all, young children, how do they honor their parents? Young children, I'm saying from a toddler to about 12. How do those young kids, young children, how do they honor their parents? Well, they honor their parents by obeying them. They live in the house and they're under house rules and they obey their parents. Chapter six, verse one, obey. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. The word for obey literally means to hear under. 
It's to submit yourself with uh, submissive acceptance to your parents and to do what they say. Now, young children honor their parents by obeying them. Teenage children, do they not have to obey? Yes, they do. They still live in the house. But teenagers, they honor their parents by obedience, but also by respecting them. And kids are commanded to honor their parents even when they're not honorable. And one of the problems with the, and that makes it so difficult is teenagers think, I know everything and my parents know nothing. And so there is disrespect in there because they think mom and dad are dopes. Those teenage years, you think that your parents don't know anything. They know a lot and they have a lot of wisdom that you can glean from. So we honor in those teenage years through obedience, yes, but through respect. And then adult children, they honor their parents by treasuring them. We let them know that uh, they're special to us. We value them and esteem them and we include them in our lives. And adult children, honor your parents, treasure them, include them, seek their counsel. It's important and it makes a difference. So that is the command to children, that big command to fulfill. Fifth commandment, honor your father and mother. Now let's go to the parents. Parents have an important job to do, a critical job to do. Children, a big command. Parents, a big job. Verse four, and fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Don't do this. Do do that. That's what he's saying in verse four. Don't provoke them to anger. Don't exasperate your children. That word means to irritate, to enrage, to rouse, to wrath. See, we must avoid the big pitfalls of parenting. Those are the don'ts. Those are the big pitfalls of parenting, the don'ts. Do not, number one, I'm going to give you four of these. Number one, do not be overly protective of your children. And, you know, we do that when they're little, we watch them like a hawk. But as they grow, it doesn't need to be short leash anymore. It, you you got to let out the, the line, so to speak, so that they can grow. But a, a parent who is overly protective, what happens? He doesn't teach his kid how to, how to be an adult. He doesn't teach him how to grow up. What happens when you're an overly protective parent? You exasperate your child. You provoke your child to anger. You may not see it right away, but it's going to be simmering in there because you're not uh, giving them the space that they need as they get older. Don't be overly protective. But now, number two, don't be overly permissive. So you got the two extremes. You got the, the short leash parent over here, and then you have the parent that just, uh, I mean, it's just, you're off the leash. Do whatever you want. I just want to be your pal. I want to be your buddy. And so whatever you want to do, you don't want to eat your dinner, that's fine. Just have another bowl of ice cream. And everything is permissive, and there are no rules. Hey, kids thrive in healthy boundaries, so don't be overly permissive. Why? Because you will provoke your child to wrath. Thirdly, don't fail to praise your children. Find something they're doing good and praise them for it and brag on them and encourage them. Warren Wiersbe says the opposite of provoking them to anger is to encourage them. 
so that they would say, yes, I can do this. Dads, for us especially, we need to learn from God the Father how he treated God the Son. Before Jesus began his public ministry, he was baptized. That was the beginning of his ministry. And the heavens opened and the spirit descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And every child needs to hear that from dad, especially son, daughter, I love you. And I am so pleased with you. I'm so proud of you. I'll do that with my girls today. I'll just send them random texts. You know that your dad loves you. He is so proud of you. And then I'll say what I'm proud about. I'm so proud that you do X, whatever X is, you know, because at the Mount of Transfiguration, the voice from heaven came down to Jesus when he was, he pulled back the veil of his humanity and he begins to shine like the sun. And they heard the voice. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. That was added. Listen to him because he is good. And every child needs to hear from dad, especially what you're good at. That dad loves you, dad's proud of you, and dad notices that you're good at this. You are so good in creativity. You are so good in writing. You are so good in art. You are so good in sports. I love the way that you interact with people. You are so good making people feel welcome. You are such a friendly person, and you build them up with words of encouragement. And then fourth on the list, do not fail to parent your children to parent them. What does that mean? You're not called to be their pal. You're not called to be popular. You're called to be their parent. And so don't abdicate that and say, well, I don't want to do something here because they might get upset. If God leads you to intervene in a situation, especially with uh, maybe friendships that you see, this is going bad. Bad company corrupts good morals. You need to intervene. If they get mad at you, so be it. You're called by God to be their parent, not their pal. If you will parent them when they're young and when they're in those teenage years and when they really are struggling, when you will be a parent, as they get older, you can be their friend. And you can have that consultant relationship. You're always their parent, but there's more of a friendship there with adults. So that is that's critical. We must avoid the big pitfalls of parenting. And secondly, here are the do's. We must employ the big blessings of parenting. The big blessing. Don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So here are the big blessings that we can give our kids. Number one, give them a gift of a loving, lasting marriage. That's so critical. The best gift I heard this years ago, and it's so true, the best gift a father can give to his children is to love their mother. On the radio program, I had a lady call in. We did a little uh, shout out to your dad section on the radio program Friday morning. And a lady called in. She said, I would just like to uh, give a shout out to my dad because he loved my mother so well. And it made such a difference. Hey, kids today, they grow up uh, very nervous that their parents aren't going to make it. They're, they're going to experience divorce. They grow up and there's a lot of fighting in the home. And it makes them nervous because every child wants their family to maintain, uh, you know, its unity. And uh, kids grow up just a natural affection for mom, a natural affection for dad. And so um, my kids love my mom. They love their mom and they want me to love their mom too. And my kids love their dad and they want Debbie to love their dad too. It's just natural there. So give them the gift of a loving, lasting marriage. 
And secondly, give them the gift of education and example. Look at it again. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The word discipline, that word means education, tutorage, disciplinary correction. Bring them up to maturity. Nourish them to maturity so that they could be a healthy, well-adjusted adult. That's the goal of parenting. You're not keeping that uh, little girl to be your little girl your whole life. As my daughter told me, my youngest daughter, uh, Sarah, when I would always refer to her as my little girl, she finally told me one day, she was about 18 or 19, she said, Dad, I'm not five years old anymore. I'm not going to hold your hand in the car. You know, I'd always do that with the girls, kind of, you know, I'd like to do it. But, you know, it's like, hey, you want to hold hands? She goes, no. It's like, well, you did when you were five. She goes, I'm not five. I'm 19. Like, okay. Well, you could just say no. You don't have to be like that. But she told me one day, she got mad and she said, Dad, if you keep treating me like I'm five years old, I'm not going to want to be around you anymore. I'm not five years old. I'm a young woman now, and you need to treat me accordingly. And so uh, she was right. So we, we train them up. We educate them so that they can become adults, and then we start treating them like adults. We give them more and more responsibility. We let more and more of the kite string out so that they can flourish. You hold it tight, and they don't flourish, and they get mad. And so we educate them. Now, it says of Jesus, Luke 2.52, and Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. That was when he was 12 years old. It says that about him. Wisdom, stature, favor with God, favor with men. And those are the four areas where a parent is to train up his child. Wisdom, that is mentally, to understand what is going on in the world, to understand how to do life how to do a checkbook, how to, how to run a household, how to have skills, how to know how to do your car and things like that. I remember Robert Lewis, the author of Men's Fraternity, he said, when I went off to college, he said, I didn't know how to do anything. My dad never taught me how to do anything. So I felt like a doofus, his words. I felt like a doofus and it made me angry inside why didn't my dad teach me how to change the oil? Why didn't he teach me how to change a battery, how to change a tire, how to, how to do just basic things? Why didn't he do that? And he was provoked to anger because his dad didn't educate him. We need to educate our kids and teach them socially. Favor with men, how do, how do you interact with other people? Favor with God, how to grow in the Lord, how to have a relationship with Jesus and then grow in Jesus. We give them the things that they need so that they can grow in stature. We give them the things that they need physically. So physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually, we deal in those areas as a parent and that is a blessing to them, but it's education and example because your kids are watching you. And so they're looking to see, okay, mom, dad, you're telling me that I need to be honest. I'm watching to see if you're honest. You're telling me I need to be a person of integrity who doesn't cheat. I'm watching to see if you cheat. Do you cheat on your income taxes? Do you cheat here? Do you cheat there? Because you want me to be honest in school and not be a cheater. And so they're watching you. And as the poem 
so aptly says, no written word, no spoken plea can teach our children what they should be, nor all the books on all the shelves. It's what the parents are themselves. And your kids look to see, what are my parents doing? You know, the old phrase, do as I say, not as I do. That doesn't work. Because if what you say is important, then you ought to be doing it. I love this statement that I heard at a family life conference. It says, you want to know a tip on parenting? How can you be a good parent? He said, for a parent to be a good parent, be the person you want your child to become. You model that before them. This is what I want you to be, son or daughter, and you just watch me. I'm not perfect, but I'm striving to walk with God and to be a person of honesty, a person of integrity, a person when they mess up, they fess up, they make it right, a person who really walks with God. Education and example. And then lastly, instill in them the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The word for instruction means mild rebuke, admonition, warning. It's a warning. We warn our kids. So we educate them, the discipline of the Lord. We use the board of education when they're young to let them know, hey, when you get out of line, you're going to get popped and it's for your good. It's not uh, to be mean and punitive. It's to help you. It's discipline. But then I'm also going to warn you. Here are the inbounds markers in life, and here are the out-of-bounds in life. This is what pleases the Lord when we live in here. This is what displeases the Lord. You go back to Genesis chapter 2. Of all the trees I've given you, Adam, you may freely eat, but from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat from it, for in the day you eat of it, you will surely die." So here is where you can flourish and you can enjoy yourself in my will, but this is what's out of bounds. Don't go out of bounds. And we teach our kids, when we do a good job as parents, we teach them to fear God. Not to be afraid of God, but to recognize that God is God and we respond to God and we say with Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and we will let him be king in our lives and in our home. Why? Because that is right. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but live in the fear of the Lord always. Deuteronomy chapter six, Moses says, now this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you that you might do them in the land where you're going over to possess it so that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. You fear the Lord, and when you fear the Lord, you do what he says. Solomon, when he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, he ends that book with this. The conclusion, when all has been heard, is fear God and keep his commandments, because this applies to every person. For the Lord will bring every act of judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Hey, teach your kids, you don't need to be afraid of God, but you need to stand in awe of God. And you need to know that the eyes of the Lord are in every place watching the evil and the good. I interviewed Ray Comfort the other day on the radio. Ray Comfort has the way of the master. And he was telling me about how he came to Christ. 
And he said, it was interesting how I came to Christ. He said, I was in high school and uh, we were at some kind of dance and I snuck out with this girl and we got behind the barn and we were getting ready to make out and fool around. She said, well, you know, Ray, my parents taught me that God is watching. He's, he wasn't a Christian. He's like, really? God is watching? Because I, I didn't really want to bring God into this event. And he said it kind of shut everything down because he's like, oh, God's watching. I didn't know God was watching. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching the evil and the good. And he said that situation and circumstance in his life, God used that to prepare his heart to receive Christ down the road. God is watching. That's the fear of the Lord. He, he is watching you and he sees everything that you do. And God forbid that we should sin, as the Bible says, with a high hand, defiantly saying, I don't care what God sees. I don't care what God says. I'm going to do what I want to do. That's not living in the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of everything to recognize that God is God and you're not God and you need to live in subjection to God. And parents, when we teach our children that truth, that goes with them for life. Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. It's not the pastor's job. It's not the church's job to lead your family. It's your job. God's given you that responsibility. And here's the great news. The Lord says, I will help you to be the dad, to be the mom that I want you to be. I'll help you to be the child that I want you to be because my spirit will empower you. And listen, maybe we have an estranged relationship with our father. Maybe our father passed away and we never mended the fence. Maybe right now we're just not getting along very well in the family. That can conjure up a lot of feelings. Bible says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Sometimes it's not possible, but we need to do everything within our power to make things right with mom and dad, to make things right with son or with daughter. And God is the God of grace and mercy and second chances and third chances and fourth chances and 500th chances. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And wouldn't it be wonderful on this day, if you have a bad relationship in the family, that you would take the step to make it right. Are you willing to be the parent that God would have you to be today? If you'll put into practice all the truths from the scripture we heard today, It'll dramatically change the dynamic of your family relationships. As we've learned today, it's hard to be a parent, and it's hard to be a kid. But thankfully, God has given us instructions in His Word so we can have a family dynamic that honors God. In Pastor Jeff Shreve's new series, The Divine Design, God's Plan for Marriage and Family, you'll discover the biblical layout for the relationships between parents and children and also how to have a joyful, peaceful, and purposeful marriage and home. This new eight-lesson series is our gift to you today for your support of any amount to From His Heart. It's available on digital download, USB flash drive, CDs, or DVDs. And that's with a gift of any amount. And when you do make that gift, we'll also send you the booklet before you say, I do. It's for those who are seriously considering marriage or are now engaged. To get these important and, frankly, life-affirming resources, call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE, or go online to fromhisheart.com.
www.fromhisheart.org. Thank you for joining us today on From His Heart. I'm Larry Nobles with a personal invitation for you right now to be right back here tomorrow as Pastor Jeff begins the last message in the Divine Design series that'll bring you real hope for your home. It's called Family Problems and the Grace of God. That's Friday when Pastor Jeff Shreve will open up God's Word and share real truth, real love, and real hope from his heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.